Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Cedar Valley Church this morning. My name is Grant. Hey, my name is Rob. And we're going to get the service started for you. Yes, we are. If this is your first time here, well, a special welcome to you. We'd love to get to know you better. And you can help us do that by giving us a shout at hello at cedarvalley.ca, commenting online if you're joining us online this morning, or here on campus, finding someone in the lobby wearing a really fancy lanyard that says Cedar Valley on it and has their name on it. They're ready to help. Get in touch with you, get to know you better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yes. for everybody here who's joining in, just a good reminder to follow us on our social media channels. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. We have a weekly email newsletter you can sign up for. That's at cedarvalley.ca. Just we compile all the different stuff that's coming up that is going on. Some of our different ministries, reports, some devotional posts. It goes on and on. Really good oh, stuff. Yeah, stay connected. Stay that's engaged. The best way to stay connected and engaged with what's going on. Totally. We are so thankful for your ongoing support of our ministry stuffs here at Cedar Valley. Thank you, church, through your time, your prayers, your service, and of course, your financial generosity. Speaking of generosity. Yeah, because that's one of our core values as a church, being generous, being faithful with what God's given us. And really, frankly, we believe too that just being generous and giving into Kingdom Works, into the work that God is doing in whether it's his church or different ministries, that that is core to worship in our just a lifestyle of worship to oh, God. Yeah, as you yeah. said, here or at home or in our work lives, if you've come prepared to give this morning, you can do that online at cedarvalley.ca backslash give. Or if you're on campus here, there are some tables at the back and three corners of, well, there's not three corners, there's it's not even corners really, but at the that back wall. of the worship center. Yeah. Absolutely. So hey, I've got a really encouraging story I want Tell to share me about that. Yeah. with you, with everyone. Love it. Uh, just, it's about what it looks like when the church is the church and just pours out God's love into okay. it. So if you joined us last week, uh, part of your message, Pastor Rob, uh, you were talking about uh, so, somebody who kind of was just going through a really rough time and has come to our church's parking lot <laughs> seeking some refuge, seeking a place Joel. to just yeah. park, right? And yeah. keep their vehicle they're kind of living out of right now. Yeah. Rough times, and but they had figured to, uh, as we interacted with them that like this is maybe a safe place where, you know, there'll be a little bit more tolerance and grace. And yeah. you know what? We have proved him right yeah. in that aspect. And we've heard now some really cool stories because on the same campus, if you haven't even been here before, we have a senior specific housing that shares the same parking lot. Right, right across, yep. Right across, they could see the car parked out all the time. And I've been hearing stories about how several seniors, part of this congregation, part of just whatever, that community yeah. had been going out and caring for and supporting and connecting That's with awesome. this individual. That's awesome. It's so good. Like. Like an absolute round of applause. You know, if you're here on yeah. campus, like just like, that's a good cheer. That's an amen worthy thing, right? I know we're Mennonites, but that's an amen. Because the best thing is when we get to prove to the world what God's love looks like in action and really just prove people who are seeking for some grace and comfort, prove them right in that, but also surprise people who want to hold up to a criticism that like, we don't care. Yeah, we do. And this is what following do. Jesus looks like. Yeah, and you can do that without a program, right? That's yeah. what I love about that. Yeah. But. If you like programs, and I do, not, not against the programs, do we have one coming up that, mm, so good. Reverse Advent calendar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got the front, you got the back. Reversing it. Love, <laughs> love that. So as we did last year, we are actually doing with Northview and Parkside Church, the three churches descending on St. Joseph's with all of the foodstuffs that you will collect over the course of December 1 to 24, the Advent season. And uh, we're gonna hand over all kinds of stuff. So the calendar has all those stuffs identified for you. 
but what, what I want to encourage you to think about this year is instead of like going out and buying all 24 items and packing them into a box, that's fine, that's cool. We'd like you to consider like, you can buy them all at the same time if you want or buy them weekly, but take each day and put one piece into the box and think about that and pray about that and pray for the folks in our city who are really struggling with their own sort of food security and how St. Joe's and other churches and other like-minded folks are trying to help out. And so make this kind of a devotional experience, not just a help up other people experience, which are kind of the same, really. Yeah, yeah. we don't yeah. want to just take a box. We want to actually like, yeah, grow Yeah, that's really well put, actually. Yeah, and have the Spirit just fully blessing this, right? Who, who's it for, Rob? Is this just for church people? No. No. So we grab lots of these calendars and get everyone involved. There'll be right? some on campus, but they're also on our website to uh, peel off there if you need to do that for yeah. friends that might join you and, yeah. and talk about that openly in workplaces and otherwise. Totally. Because people are like, totally get that. Yeah. So instead of just opening windows on your on your advent calendar, getting that chocolate every day, which is not an either or thing, I think you do both. Uh, put something into a box every day so that on Christmas Eve will descend, well, it'll be 10 a.m. to noon on Christmas Eve day, because our, can I say it? Yeah. Our Christmas yes, Eve service no. is at? Five o'clock. So, that's right. <laughs> 10 a.m. to noon on Christmas Eve day, we're gonna deliver them to St. Joseph's Food Bank. Awesome, all yeah. right, so hopefully you got that. So what's going on? Yeah, okay, so on. we're gonna go get the service started very shortly. Uh, be, and, and we're gonna do that by having being led in a time of worship, singing with some music. Um, there'll be lyrics on the screen and we wanna invite you to uh, join and participate in that however you feel comfortable. Yeah, after that, we have a special lesson just for the kids. If you're joining us online, we've got a little video that's gonna come after the time of worship. If you're here on campus, we'll be dismissing you kids grades, no, ages three to grade six. You can head on to the back downstairs and there's actually a special service designed just for you. And parents, if you're here, uh, make sure your kids have a name tag. That means they're signed in. If they don't have a little label name tag thing, just see yeah. somebody wearing the lanyards. We'll get you checked in and it'll be a lot of fun. And if you're online, what do the kids do there? Oh, just party, engage, <laughs> party. Wow. But you can get stuff from Pastor Doug, uh, who is bringing the message today, finishing off our series on mission, vision, and values, uh, what we're all about. This morning's value is belonging. Yeah. So, hey, just before we do get into the service, a uh, question for you as we're just getting now right into this Advent Christmas season. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of different, like, family traditions, fun things we do. Um, whether it's getting the Christmas tree put up right away or the decorating or throwing Christmas lights up. But a lot of times, no matter, non-denominational even, no matter where you're from, often Christmas traditions have some really important meaning, some really good feelings. Do you have like a Christmas tradition, Rob, that has some big meaning that really impacts you? Yes. There's, as you say, there's a couple, but we were given a, like a large sort of book of little books that are ornaments that we hang on the tree. Cool. that are one for each day of Advent. So one through 24th, Christmas Eve, and then Christmas Day. And they have the Christmas story outlined. Awesome. So it's pretty cool. So yeah. every year we will take the book out and we will read the first one on December 1st and then we'll put it on the tree. And then consecutively, and it takes us through the whole story. That's pretty cool. That's super We've been doing fun. that for years. How about you? Uh, you know what? So I, 
I love Christmas trees and often in our family, yeah, uh, as we're growing up, I was always like, go to the store, get a Christmas tree, super fun. Like the day was committed to that. Now, as we've all moved out of the house, it's actually become a rivalry between my siblings of who can get it up first, who's decorated, who's ready to go. Who's looks better. It's just like the best centerpiece in our living room. It just mm. brings some warmth. Love Christmas Artificial trees. Artificial or real? Like we're artificial because okay. we have cats who eat them and destroy them. It just became too much of a hassle. Sure. Real trees are sweet. Hey, so you know what though? If you're here on campus, if you're joining us online, Spend a minute, turn to a yeah. neighbor, turn to somebody you're watching with, or hit up the comment section. Just let, a know, let us know one of those kind of Christmas, Christmas traditions, traditions that yeah. has some meaning. Let us know the story behind it. And actually, hopefully this Advent, reverse Advent thing, like I'm hoping this becomes the thing that mm. I just love doing. I look forward to every year oh. and get more people involved in it too. So if you are looking for one, you're like, I got nothing. We're giving it to you. Reverse Advent. Thanks, Cedar Valley. song we could ever sing worthy of all the praise we could ever bring worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you worthy of every song we could ever sing the praise we could ever bring, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, oh we live for you, and holy there is no one like you, there is none beside you, open up my your heart. 
thank you for joining us in that time of worship this morning. And we want to just uh, spend a little time in prayer this morning for some of the things happening around our church, church family, locally around here too, especially with the last uh, flooding, the rain and the rain that's happening this weekend too. And if you are uh, passionate about prayer, if that's a thing that's regularly involved in your life, if you want to discipline yourself into praying for our church family more regularly too, we have a prayer chain. You can get on that through email notifications of just the things that kind of come in. And there we have a little bit more personalized information for just what's going on, how to just be updated about amazing ways God's at work and the big needs that we need God to be at work in uh, our lives of our church. So you can sign up for that on our website, cedarvalley.ca, and there's a link for it there. And if you are here on campus too, you can just find somebody wearing a lanyard and we'd love to get you involved in that prayer chain. But uh, just join me in prayer this morning. So dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning, this day of praise, God, that wherever we are here on campus, God, if we're uh, online joining in our living rooms, wherever it is, uh, that we get to worship you, God. Uh, it's so easy to take for granted because it feels so normal, but you are amazing, God. The words that we sang this morning together, just reflecting on who you are, that you are always there, that you're present, that you're steadfast, God, that you are our Savior, that you have loved us so much, that you gave your Son to rescue us. So, God, uh, in that too, you give us an invitation to reach out to you and to call out to you when we, we need you. And we need you all the time, God, but especially uh, you know some of the medical needs that are happening throughout our congregation, God, some of the losses that are happening. God, we have members who are in the hospital waiting for treatment. There are people who are just unsure, needing diagnostics, God, that things that are going on that are scary. And for the families that are walking through this and the loss that has also come with some tragedies medically, God, I just pray that you are with all of those needs this morning. God, we also pray for uh, people who have been affected by the floods happening uh, here in Mission and to our, our neighbors just in the south there in Sumas and Chilliwack. God, Princeton and Merritt as well have just been hit hard by the floods from last week. And God, the weather's continuing, so we just pray for some respite from that, that uh, it doesn't continue to worsen. God, that uh, transport can open up travel, people can get back into their works and livelihood. God, that uh, supplies that have been running short aren't affecting people. But you know what, we also praise you for the amazing volunteers who've been working tirelessly, who've just been helping out their neighbors, supporting it. The God, the churches that have been able to mobilize and provide meals and places to stay uh, and support for rebuilding. God, we just thank you for the way that we can see your good things in action, even during a tragic and difficult time. Uh, but like always, we just ask for your hand to be evidently visible at work here in the Fraser Valley. God, we just pray that you bless the offering that's been given, that you can multiply it, that you can give us a clear indication of where you want us to be at work here in the city of Mission and just building your kingdom, God, bringing your good news to people. So I just pray that you multiply that and let it just amplify our ministries really well, God. And just thank you for the continued blessings for this church, Cedar Valley, uh, that we are able to just be a shining light for your name. God, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Okay, this morning we don't have any kids segment, no kids video, but this is actually a really good time and opportunity just to share the fact that we need you to be involved and whether that's on campus or even for our online ministries to just have things for all generations. We have great messages coming from our pastors. We have countless amounts of efforts being put into everything from worship to prayer to uh, even kids ministries happening, but there are still gaps and there's opportunities for you to serve. So if you have a heart for teaching great lessons, if you are comfortable 
comfortable, even if you are uncomfortable behind the camera, we would love to just get you there helping out with our online ministries, our on-campus ministries, to just pour into the younger generation, to give them a sense of who God is and what he's all about. This morning, unfortunately, sorry, we do not have something covering for that. But we do have uh, opportunities to send out stuff through email. If you do want to get some of the kids' activities, worksheets, information, uh, email Pastor Douglas. That's douglas at cedarvalley.ca. Just to keep faith conversations going on at home between you and your kids. Uh, really fun stuff. But otherwise, uh, we're going to continue on. A guy walks into a bar and everybody shouts, Norm! That's right, if you're around in the 80s or 90s watching TV, you knew Cheers. A sitcom in a bar where it said that everyone knew your name. Their theme song said it all. Sometimes you want to go to a place where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. You want to go where people know people are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. Belonging. Sitting around tables pushed together in a small town college library, a small gathering of dysfunctional students, who really have very little in common, they meet regularly for a Spanish study group. That's right, Community. Another TV sitcom, now you can catch it on Netflix. It's about a group of very strange individuals that really have no reason to be together. But they are inexplicably drawn into each other's lives. Belonging. What does it mean to belong? Well, to belong has various meanings. One is ownership. This book belongs to me. Another is association. I belong to a group. And belonging is more than just having friends. There's the aspect of some form of group membership or identification is important. And there are tons of groups out there. Clubs, teams, organizations, associations, charities, political parties, memberships. Although I have a membership card at Costco, but I don't actually feel any type of connection to its other members. We've got support groups, hobby and service groups. We have everything from, from quilters to the hell's angels. Pick one. Well, maybe not the last one, but there's a group out there for you. I'm sure every one of us belongs to a group, probably more than just one. Belonging. We have a need to belong. 
Tracy Brower from Forbes magazine says, Belonging is that feeling of connectedness to a group or community. It's the sense that you're a part of something. You feel attached and close and thoroughly accepted by your people. But belonging is more than just being part of a group. Belonging is also critically tied to social identity. A, a set of shared beliefs or even ideals. To truly feel a sense of belonging, you must feel unity and a common sense of character among members of your group. From the Mayo Clinic, thoughts on belonging. Belonging is a fundamental need among humans, like breathing, like eating. Having a sense of belonging is so important considering the groups and the labels that we give ourselves and others. Nearly every aspect of our lives is organized around belonging to something. The sense of belonging is fundamental to the way we as humans organize ourselves. If it wasn't important, we would live solitary lives. We would have no families, communities, or even organized government. We cannot separate the importance of a sense of belonging from our physical, our emotional, our spiritual and mental health. The social ties that accompany a sense of belonging are a protective factor. They help manage stress. When we feel that we have support and we're not alone, we often cope more effectively in difficult times in our lives. See, we begin life with one of the most crucial needs, attachment to a caregiver. We call this mom, dad, family, brothers, sisters. This is the beginning of our fundamental need for belonging. Studies have shown that children who have not achieved a healthy attachment in their young life, they have lower self-esteem. They have a more negative worldview. They're mistrustful and can have a perception that they're being rejected. Unfortunately, depression, anxiety, and suicide are common mental health conditions associated with lacking a sense of belonging. Belonging is a fundamental part of being human. We need people, and this need is hardwired right into our brains. A recent MIT study found we crave interactions in the same region of our brains that we crave food. It's the same type of life-sustaining desire. Another study showed that we experience social exclusion 
in the same region of our brain where we experience physical pain, belonging. The human drive for connection also drives behavior. It's interesting, smartphone design and addiction are a case in this point. A study published in Frontiers in Psychology found smartphones are compelling because they tap into fundamental needs to connect. According to the research, humans have a deep desire to monitor others and to be monitored by them. To be seen and heard and considered by others. And I think a smartphone is proof of that. See, it's this alignment with our social needs that makes a smartphone especially difficult to put down. And then now, this day that we're living in, the pandemic has created havoc with our mental health. It's a significant factor in our current troubles is that we're missing people. We long for friends, family, colleagues, our groups, our people, our church. See, we are hardwired for connection. God is a relational God. And he designed each one of us that way as well. Well, what about the church when it comes to belonging? Is the church just a club for people who are trying to be good? Is the church just kind of hanging out because it feels good to be with others who are there? Well, the church is much more than that. The church is a community of caring friendships. See, we have this common bond despite the fact that we're not all the same. See, it's in Christ that we belong. Real belonging is found. It says our body has many parts. See, and through Christ and his spirit, we have been able to say goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives that are separate. When we would do things just for ourselves, call our own shots, but we've entered into a life where God brings the unity and the focus on Him, He now has the final say. And He draws us together. Belonging to Christ means that we are His and live according to his way. See, the church was specifically designed for belonging. I would like to tell you a story. It's true, I didn't make it up. Imagine you hear a knock at the door, and when you go to open it, you are absolutely stunned by who you see. Anesmus? <laughs> what are you doing here? Anesimus was the last person Philemon was expecting to see. It's AD 62. 
The town, the small city, is Colossae. It's in present-day Turkey. Philemon, he's a believer, and he's also a leader of a church that meets in his home. But he's also a slave owner. So what they did in that day. Now, Onesimus, he is or was the slave of Philemon. Now, apparently, the background before this book, this story appears in the Bible, apparently, Onesimus ran away and he took some money with him from his owner. Now, the penalty in that day for a slave running away was torture or death, whichever the owner chose as soon as the slave was caught. Now, when Onesimus left, he must have been scared. For he runs over 2,000 kilometers across three countries, making it all the way to Rome in Italy. Remember, he was in Turkey in Colossae, and he ends up in Rome in Italy. And there, he ran into the Apostle Paul. Literally, literally ran right into him on the street, knocked him right over. Probably because he was looking backwards as he was running, because he was still in fear. Okay, I'm not sure that actual running into each other actually happened. But, think about this, get this. Something happens that I believe only God can set up. Onesimus runs from Colossae to Rome, 2,000 kilometers over. That's like running from Mission to at least Winnipeg, from a smaller town to a larger city, trying to get away from Colossae to Rome. And who does he meet? He meets the Apostle Paul, who is good friends with Philemon, the owner of Onesimus, the believer, the leader of a church in his town. Now, Onesimus, for whatever reason, he starts to hang out with Paul. And he becomes a believer. And probably over time, his story comes out. And Paul says, you've got to go back. Uh, you've got to make things right. Now, it's interesting to know that at this time, Paul is under house arrest in Rome for telling people about Jesus. So, take your Bibles, open them. The book of Philemon. It's towards the back of the Bible, just before Hebrews. Mine fits all on, on one page. 25 verses. Now, can you imagine? Onesimus, running in fear for his life, 
But now his belief is in Jesus Christ, the saving, atoning work of Jesus Christ. And he's standing at the front door, along with another of Paul's friend. And he's got a letter in his hand. And when the door opens, I'm sure, hoping before Philemon can say or do anything, he thrusts the letter forward. And he goes, here, read this. It's from Paul. Remember your really, really good friend, Paul? Read this first before you say or you do anything. Now, it's quite likely because it's not dressed, addressed just to Philemon, but also to the church. He reads it in front of everybody there assembled for church. Philemon, verse 1. This letter is from Paul, a prisoner for preaching the good news about Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. I'm writing to Philemon, our beloved co-worker, and to our sister Aphia, and to our fellow soldier Archippus, and to the church that meets in your house. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Verse 4 to 7. Now listen how, how Paul sets Philemon up. This is great. I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people. And I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. Wow, that's a pretty glowing introduction. Now, if you read this about someone with the stature of the Apostle Paul, you're thinking, wow, this is, <laughs> things are going pretty good. But then the, the tone of this letter completely changes in verse 8. You're such a great guy. You have, there's evidence of the way you live because of how you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and the connection you have to the church that you belong to. That is why I'm boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it is the right thing for you to do. But because of our love, I prefer simply to ask you, consider this as a request from me, Paul, an old man, now also a prisoner for the sake of Christ Jesus. I appeal to you to show kindness to my child, Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Onesimus has been of much use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. And so now Paul is appealing to Philemon not to do what would be natural, not to get his revenge or maybe even his justice or what was right according to the law of the land, but to live like a believer, which sometimes, which is often different than how the world might prescribe 
In essence, he's saying, well, this young man, you, who used to be your slave, never really belonged to you as property, maybe, but never really belonged in the fellowship that you have. I'm asking you now to welcome him into belonging. Verse 12, I am sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. I wanted to keep him here with me while I was in these chains for preaching the good news, and he would have helped me on your behalf. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted you to help because you were willing, not because you were forced. It seems Onesimus ran away for a little while so that you could have him back forever. He is no longer a slave to you. He is more than a slave for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. Welcome him into belonging, into the church, into the fellowship the unity that Jesus Christ brings to believers. You know, Philemon is a short book, 25 verses, but it has huge ideas. It has multiple themes. Welcoming people into belonging is just one of them. I wonder, do you, do you have an anesimus in your life? Someone who it isn't easy to welcome back? Do we have some of those in the church? Those who are different or, or have offended or we just don't really get along with or like? See, it's easy to welcome people into belonging if they're like us, or people that we like. But that's not what Paul is asking. He's asking for Philemon to welcome Onesimus into belonging despite the differences that are between them. Because the unity that Jesus Christ brings supersedes all the differences. See, that's, that's the church. See, within the church, without any sense of belonging, a person will not likely stay. You know, feelings of not belonging are all too common in the church. Whether you've been here 20 years or two weeks, it doesn't take much to see well, we perceive a, a, a group or a gathering or even two other people that we perceive to have excluded us for us to feel that we don't belong. In any given situation, on any given Sunday, or day of the week for that matter, we can sense, feel, maybe that we don't belong. Whether it's just made up, you know, years and years ago in youth, we would play this game where we would form a circle. 
kind of around a, a tape on, on the floor. And the people standing on the circle couldn't quite be tight shoulder to shoulder. There were gaps in between. But the idea was the game is somebody had to go outside of the circle and they had to try to get in. And as that person came, came in to get in, in the space, you would squeeze right tight and they'd have to run around and so the circle would move and tighten and flex, always trying to keep that person out. Yeah, not much of a, <laughs> a church belonging game. But that's almost what it can be like as people look for that sense of belonging. So what does welcoming people to belong look like? Well, it kind of looks like years ago, one of our boys, when they were in school and we lived in Saskatchewan, he had a birthday party and he was, had his guest list, his invitation list. And there was a name on there that we didn't really associate with, with our son hanging out with. And so Jenny asked him, um, why is he on the list? And quite matter-of-factly, our boy said, um, because he doesn't really have many friends. That's welcoming people to belong. Um, this last spring, we had our Cedar Valley kids um, out hiking around Raleigh Lake. And, and as we come back around, we're, we're playing on the grass there. And one of the boys, Cade, he's in grade four. He saw a family with a few kids standing off to the side that weren't part of the Cedar Valley kids group. But instantly, he, he requested if he could run over there and invite them into the game, which he did, and they did, and we had a great time getting to know them. Um, that's welcoming people into belonging. It's, it's seeing beyond our circle, even if we think we don't have a circle, we do, to experience not just friendship, but it's allowing the unity that Christ gives to us through his work on our behalf, his death and his resurrection, that commonality that we have as believers, it invites people in to enjoy that relationship, and we'll call it fellowship, through Jesus Christ. You know, I heard the other day that... Um, and that some of our, um, our seniors who are just living over in the manor, um, they've been taking food to the young man who's been living in his car in our parking lot. He's got some real challenges in his life right now, and that's the safest and best place that he can imagine home being is in his car. And we have people from the manor going in there, bringing him food. That's welcoming people into belonging. Um, there's so many ways. There's so many things we can do. So our question for you is, how are we, how are you, welcoming people into belonging? Our God, we thank you for this time together. And God, this amazing little story of, of drawing people back into our group, the church, the belonging again um, through the unity that you give, um, despite what has happened or the differences. Um, God, we have this unity 
through Jesus Christ. God, may we be a church, and God, that really means well, each one of us as individuals. Um, look again through your grace, through the love of Jesus, how we can welcome people into belonging. Not just into a club or into a group that sings and, and does nice things, but God at its very core is driven by the love and the grace and the work of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your church. God, may each of us welcome others into belonging, um, into what you have created for each of us um, to experience your grace and your love. Continue with us, we pray. Amen. Hey, all right, thank you for joining us, everybody, this morning. And we're not done just yet. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor Doug, for the message. And that kind of caps off yeah. our mission, vision, and value series. That's right. This being a yeah. core value to us as well. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just going to bring out a really strong theme I liked about yeah. this this yeah. morning, too, is belonging seems like a natural thing. Churches are friendly, right? Like every single church. If right. you go to church, yeah. that's not friendly. Uh -huh. Like run the other church because that should be the starting point. But right. that isn't... But, and we hear that's, that we're a friendly church here. We're a friendly here. church, absolutely. Yeah. But so, that's but, not where it can end, right? Like, yeah, it should be yeah. a, a smiley and approachable yeah. and friendly, yeah. but it can't actually end there because that's right. our core value is not yeah. being friendly. Our core right. value actually here is mm -hmm. belonging. And yeah. uh, your entire message this morning kind of provoked the fact that it takes intentionality and it takes effort, and it's not often just a natural essence. It might right. be with your best buds you grew yeah. up with or your family, <laughs> maybe not all your family, right? but it takes real effort to actually be a church that values belonging mm. into mm -hmm. a congregation, into a community, into a family, yeah. and yeah. having people feel like they are part of a big system and real ownership. Yeah, and that, that's why I like the values that we're focusing in on, because each of them have a, what am I doing about it personally, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. You know, and that will take us where I believe God wants us to go as his church. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So how am I welcoming people into belonging? And that's here at Cedar Valley, really here into your faith life. Yeah. And, and really whatever it is, if it's in your home life or your workplace, just as a disciple or follower of Jesus, uh, how are you welcoming people into belonging into that family, into your life? Yeah. So do you have any thoughts right off the bat? You know, two things just kind of um, have been coming to mind here about this, not so much a story about what to do or how to do it, but the thing of just being, being authentic, letting people see who you really are, because I think we um, sometimes, especially Sunday morning, can have a bit of a veneer on, that's sure. a bit polished sort of thing, but as people see that we're real, you know, we struggle, we may have doubts at times, um, that draws them into who we are, and then along with that, on the other side, being empathetic, mm. um, seeing them for who they are, and just stepping in and encouraging, being observant about who they are as people. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That that actually really adds to even being approachable is just being authentic. And I know uh, that actually applies to like the social media reality, digital world too, because yeah. that's a place where you can really polish up your appearance and just constantly <laughs> brag. And you know, I so love posting so. the things that are like the best little parts. But I know I'm not very active right. on social media. My wife is uh, a little bit more occasionally too but when she makes posts that show the real raw times of like so we've got a new daughter and <laughs> she's not always easy and when there's times where she actually posts about the reality of that right. that sparks so much authentic mm -hmm. real conversation right. that people bring out yeah. what's going on in their life and then yeah. you're right that follows up with empathy and actually right. making real connections back yeah. and forth yeah um yeah, yeah it creates community in a digital world which is sweet 
Yeah. I, probably actually, I don't know, different generations applying that into in-person is really important yeah. too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I know a, a physical practice that I've learned a, a while mm. back and I have to, it's again, it's a discipline I yeah. keep doing it. So think about this, if you're here on campus or watching at church right. or if you're in person, the next time you're just part of a group moments it's so easy to just dial in and like almost tunnel vision into the stuff yeah. like i just can't yeah. wait to chat with whomever about whatever happened this last week if it's like right. a race or sports or uh -huh. a project yeah. i'm working yeah. on whatever it is right uh something in school it's so easy to just get focused in right and then all of a sudden we're doing this kind of conversation uh -huh. yes and yeah. it's so it actually excludes people physically it yeah. keeps people out of that and you can be friendly too like hey what's up right and keep right. going back to it. it's yeah. actually a physical openness like never mm -hmm. let mm -hmm. a group form a, a proper circle or close right. yourself off yeah. like actually st stand beside like hey let's chat let's welcome people into allowing someone else to step into that yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. like a small physical piece making yourself that kind of level of approachability right. with yeah. everything something as small as like conversations but even just relationship uh, going beyond just like a physical mm -hmm. piece, but actually like, mm -hmm. hey, you know what, if we're just chatting about something and we know that there's somebody here who is so excluded from, and we're just talking right. about all of our yeah. stories from whatever, like they're never gonna feel like they have an in with it. So. Cause they can't relate to those type, those stories, totally, right? Yeah. yeah, start asking yeah. questions mm -hmm. about what's yeah. going on in somebody's life. Start asking real questions about what's yeah. been good and what's sucked mm -hmm. and how can we actually chat about what's going on yeah. in life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, as you're telling that story about, you know, maybe forming a circle and we shouldn't be doing that. You know, I think if we would, take a turn if you're here on campus, right after church, to go up to the nursery and look down on the windows and, and, and see the circles yeah. and then determine within ourselves, I'm not gonna be a circle. I'm gonna go downstairs, you know, yeah. I'm gonna help open those up or whatever, that, but I just wanna allow that to happen just to kind of get a view, you know, of what it could look like to somebody walking in saying, whoa, all I see is circles. Yeah, and uh, totally, so. <laughs> absolutely. We're, we're a friendly church here, but you know, yeah. frankly, we can do better at this. Yeah. We can. Believe it or not, and, and in your stories too, like this is a church too that has people who felt like they've been on the outside. Mm -hmm. And we've yeah. we've lamented that and yeah. man, that sucks yeah. to have that feeling. And and I think we've even in different ways felt that ourselves too, where right. any community can have that happen too, but yeah. we can do better at that too. So this isn't yep. just affirming, we're already that kind of right. place. This is saying we want to do better at this. And Indeed. we'll put effort yep. into it. Yeah. Thanks Cedar Valley. Great. Dialogue about this online. We're going to put the question up, throw your thoughts out there, yeah. talk about it with whoever you're watching with. If you're here on campus, just chat about it amongst yourselves as well. Uh, we're here around for it too. And thanks for joining us. Yeah, you bet. Let's live out what we believe. Okay, Cedar Valley. One last reminder before you go, hopefully you haven't turned off the set yet. Uh, tonight, this evening, Sunday evening, we have a congregational meeting that we're inviting you all to be part of. We really value uh, dialogue and input into the things that we're doing here at the church. And we've been through a season of transition and still kind of continuing, but the leadership team, the staff, we want to let you know where we're at, what's coming up next, what are the next steps happening, and some really excellent, uh, amazing ministry opportunities that are going to be coming. So we have a congregational meeting that's open for you to all come out to it and just get your ideas in there, get informed of what's going on and learn about ways you can be involved in the future ministry of Cedar Valley Church. So that's November 28th, this Sunday evening, happening at seven o'clock here at the church. At this time, we do not have any available opportunities for that to be joined in online, unfortunately, but as much as you are able to send somebody from the household out and uh, see you there.